0: as extra items for each episode you can read or download you can also find great books and videos for sale as well feel free to also visit our facebook page a link is provided as well on the website okay on to the episode
1: going to be king. But he was never crowned. One night they came for us. We disappeared. And though our bodies were never found, the people
2: believe we are dead. So little is known of the fate of those two souls, but this much we do know. For only 77 days, England was ruled by a 12-year-old Prince of York. Edward and his brother Richard were imprisoned in the Tower of London. They were seen playing outside together on a summer's day in 1483. And then, they were never seen again. Unless you believe the story of a man who appeared eight years later.
3: My
1: name is Richard, Duke of York. I am back to claim my throne. Le roi Vif.
2: He was royally received all over Europe. Ireland gave him men. Scotland gave him their king's cousin as his bride. He landed on the shores of England with an army of 8,000. His supporters proclaimed him King Richard IV. He was ready to face his foe. The House of Lancaster now ruled England. Henry Tudor had beaten the Yorkists in battle to take the crown. Now, he would finish them off once and for all. He sent his army west to crush the uprising and hang its leaders. But Richard, he wanted taken alive. He was dragged back to the very place where the princes had been held. was a superstitious man, known to consult an astrology before making any kind of decision. Stop in God's name! the young man had too many friends among the ambassadors of Europe to simply disappear. The identity of this man imprisoned in the tower remains one of the most tantalizing mysteries in the story of England's past. Could there be any chance that he was one of those little boys delivered from death? one thing was now certain to silence the pretender forever henry would need to extract a confession lost on the battlefield. But was this the real contest? Please be seated. One slip and it will all be over.
4: This is the Bishop of Cambrai, ambassador for the Duchess of Burgundy. Whatever is said and done in this room will be properly recorded. I don't believe your claim to be a prince. It's quite clear the princes were murdered by their uncle, Richard, here in the tower. I don't believe you've ever been in the tower in your life. But we live in a country which respects the law. The law, you say?
1: Things must have changed then.
4: What is your name? Richard. Richard? Yes. You're sure about that. Think carefully before you answer.
1: Well, to speak more truthfully, and we must speak the truth for there are witnesses and a scribe present. I would have to call myself Richard Plantagenet the fourth of England duke of york, earl marshal of england, duke of norfolk, earl of Lorraine and of nottingham, lord of seagrave, mowbray, and gower. Do you need me to repeat any of that?
4: Since when have you been referring to yourself by those titles?
1: Uh, since my first marriage, to anne, duchess of mowbray, alas, no dead. When did she die? Can't remember.
4: You can't remember when your wife died?
1: About 1482, I think. I didn't pay much attention. I was only nine at the
4: time. Are these your clothes? Oh, uh, yes. They say they cost a king's ransom. Well, the clothes make the man. Only a king has the right to wear a cloth of gold. I know. But wearing cloth of gold does not bestow kingship.
1: I should hope not. They say, they see in my face, the image of the last rightful king of England. My father, Edward IV.
4: A person might use a portrait
1: as a model. He might, and then again, he might not. I grant you, a person might cut his hair this way or that to suggest a resemblance, but the, uh, the features of the face, they are God-given.
4: Oh. Quel philosophe.
1: J'ai lu la philosophie pas assez.
4: Is French your native tongue? No. Your accent is perfect. Thank you. As if it were your native tongue.
1: Anyone who travels and who has a good ear can become as skilled as I am with little trouble.
4: This is all show and no substance. It is time to
2: read. Of all the forces that guided the king, the most powerful was his mother. It was because of her Lancastrian blood that he was born sixth in line to the throne. Lady Margaret Beaufort, pious, I'm pitiless.
5: Why is Combray here now?
4: A courtesy visit. Or so he says. The Spanish ambassador arrives this afternoon.
5: Ambassadors always arrive at the worst possible time. It's part of their skill. Well, Spain surely won't give us Catherine of Aragon for our grandson if they get any suspicion we're not secure on the throne.
4: Will you send for the king? No.
5: If Henry comes, it will give Europe the message that he thinks the pretender is a serious threat. I'll come myself.
2: A Tudor marriage with Spain had for years been Lady Margaret's passionate desire. Once consummated, it would place her family on Europe's high table, keeping company with the world's elite. But the pretender had built his own European alliances, which threatened the fulfillment of her dream. Lady Margaret knew she needed to bring the interrogation to an end, swiftly and decisively. This task she had entrusted to a man, thought by many, to possess the most cunning mind in England.
4: You're not, Richard. You're not a Duke. You're not of the House of York. You're not even English. You're a puppet and a pawn and you will pay the price for what you have done.
1: Do you think I'm afraid of you? Ask me your questions, trick me if you can. But remember this. I'm Richard Duke of York, the last rightful heir of Edward IV, and I'm your king. And I say before these witnesses that when this is over, you will kneel to Richard IV and beg for mercy.
4: 1483. King Edward dies. What happens to Richard? Answer the question.
1: On April the 9th, I went with my mother to take sanctuary at Westminster Abbey. And your brother went with you? No, my uncle had taken him to the tower to prepare for his coronation. When did you join him? For a few weeks, I stayed quietly with my mother and sisters. We weren't allowed out. Then one day, my Uncle Richard came for me. He embraced me, gave me warm words, and said he'd keep me safe. Then I was taken by boat to
4: the tower. Sir, your life in the tower. We had a few
1: familiar attendants, men we'd known at our father's court. We played in the grounds.
4: You were able to play out of doors? For a time. (laughs) So here you are, having a little holiday, not feeling very frightened, One day when we weren't looking, they took our
1: attendants away. We were playing. One minute they were there watching over us, next minute they'd gone. They put us somewhere further inside the tower. We weren't allowed outside anymore, and we were kept locked up at all times.
4: Your brother was inclined to be melancholy, was he not? He was in severe pain. He had a disease in his jaw.
1: From the moment they took our attendants away, he was convinced we were going to die. Did
4: anyone come to see you?
1: There was a doctor. He'd been in our father's court. He came to see Edward. What was his name? Uh, something to do with Silver. He was an astrologer, an alchemist, too, one of my father's closest advisors.
4: What was he like?
1: He was a kind man. He seemed. He seemed the last bit of safety, the last link with the world we'd known. When he stopped coming, even I got scared.
3: So, tell us about your escape. Tell us. By what miracle
4: Prince Richard honours us with his presence. And most of those who knew him thought him dead these 16 years. We went to bed.
1: We slept. I, I remember half waking up and seeing two men uh, standing beside my brother's bed. I was used to seeing guards in the room, so I didn't pay any attention. Guards in the room at night? Yes, they check on us several times most nights. Anyway, I I often had vivid dreams, especially since I'd been in the tower. I thought I must be dreaming. When I woke up, I was in a boat. In a boat?
4: Yes. Did you ask what had happened to your brother? They told me that he was dead, that I must forget who I was. So, you slept through the murder of your own brother. Yes, it seems I did.
3: When had the doctor
4: stopped coming? I don't remember exactly. A week, two weeks.
1: Argentine. I remember his name now.
4: John Argentine. father's close advisor. Yes. And the man who made you feel safe when you were most in danger. Yes. How strange that you don't recognize me. Because you're an imposter. You didn't recognize me because you've never set eyes on me in your entire miserable life. No. It's because when you left us we thought that you were dead.
1: What else were we supposed to think? You were our magician. We thought you were capable of anything.
4: How dare you? I loved those children as if they were my own. Then how is it you are here? Not dead at
1: all, but living a life of privilege in the court of a usurper. Did you abandon us for that?
2: Dr. Argentine knew that the prisoner had won the advantage by creating just sufficient reasonable doubt lady margaret was in no mood for doubt she called another witness not just someone who knew the princess someone closer in blood to the princess than anyone left alive the queen of england the spanish ambassador had arrived and it was true indeed that his timing could not have been worse He was at court to negotiate a royal marriage, but there was now a very real danger that he would be distracted. The ambassador for Burgundy would surely have told him that the interrogation had not gone well for the Tudors. These two highly influential diplomats were the jury, and their verdict could decide the fate of the Tudor dynasty. There was no one better qualified to test the prisoner's claim than this crucial witness. Elizabeth of York was clearly unhappy to come into the presence of a man who violated the memory of her own long-lost brother. Her Majesty the Queen and sister to the prisoner. I know who she is.
4: Your Majesty will know when you are telling the truth and when you are not. So, begin. What is your earliest memory of your sister?
6: Allow me to introduce myself. Dr. Rodrigo González de Puebla. I feel sure that my colleague, the Bishop of Cambrai, will continue to inform me of events to date. However, I do wish to stress that this imposture is not the matter that I'm here to discuss. So the sooner that it is concluded, the better, for all of us. Negociar con los ingleses siempre me da cien patadas. Y es mal a Thoros, mi alcoba.
4: What do you remember of normal family life? Normal? <laughs> there was no normal.
1: Up in our schoolroom, our mother is telling us stories of how she's descended from Melusine, the serpent woman. We had to pretend we didn't think she was completely mad Meanwhile across the corridor in his bedroom the king is throwing a private party Might be one or more of his three regular mistresses and any number of passing fancies of either sex He'd try anything at least once He had an adventurous palate and a huge appetite If it was alive, he'd fuck it
4: and if it was dead How can you claim to be who you say you are, yet show such disrespect to the Queen by speaking so insultingly of her family? I show no disrespect, and I mean
1: none. I'm simply telling the truth. By telling the truth, I prove who I am. He kept a feather by his bedside and on the table at all times. He'd stuff himself until he could eat no more, and then use it to make himself sick. Then he'd stuff himself again. Making sound like a monster test! repellent. No, he wasn't. At least, whatever he was, it didn't seem to put anyone off. Everyone loved him. The fact he'd had just walking into a room, you'd see it. He could seduce anyone, and they all came back for more. Do you remember that last family Christmas? You in your French clothes. Our father in the best of moods, because you were beautiful. Half of the alliance he would worked for for so long. The Queen of France in waiting. It was the nearest we'd got to a happy family Christmas, in my lifetime anyway. But then a messenger came from Louis to say that the marriage was off. I could see how much you were hurt everyone else was running around worrying about the effect on the king. You must have thought it was somehow your fault.
5: My little brother crossed the room and took my hat. He was the only one. For everyone else it was though I suddenly did not exist. The Queen behaved as though she was angry with me, but wouldn't say. The King couldn't even look at me. Richard... was the only one. Your Majesty. I will return.
6: Yorkish. It reminded me of how glad we were to see the back of them. Edward was a feral cat. And his brother Richard was duplicitous and frankly incompetent. When the princess disappeared, he never issued a
7: denial. No bodies were found. There was never an attempt made at a cover-up. Nothing.
6: Just the slaughter of the innocents left hanging over this miserable, uncivilized, sodden flannel of a country. Spain would not want to do business with that kind again, I'm sorry.
3: Why would I be offended? Oh, come on, Cambroy, don't be so
6: colourless. Everybody knows you're in the pay of the Duchess, the last of the Yorkers,
3: the pretender's great mentor. To overstate my partisanship, I really think you need to be very careful about who you do business with. Legitimacy is far more important than personal preference. Just suppose you made an arrangement with the Tudors and discovered that the pretender was not a pretender.
2: He may have claimed to have been a disinterested observer, but the Bishop of Cambrai was as partisan as anyone in the interrogation room. His patron, the Duchess of Burgundy, was none other than the aunt of the princes in the tower, and she had openly and steadfastly claimed Richard as her true nephew. And now, clearly the queen herself had been much affected by this young man. All her life, Elizabeth, daughter, sister, niece, and wife of kings of England, had been used as a political pawn. Her marriage to Henry Tudor had been arranged by his mother to unite the two houses of York and Lancaster and end the bloodshed of the Wars of the Roses. But it seemed that the arrival of this lost brother, grown into such a man, had reawakened her own sense of Yorkist identity And independence.
5: What is the wound on the prisoner's neck? What is the wound on the prisoner's neck?
3: I believe it may have happened on the night that he was brought here Your Majesty.
5: Have some hot water brought here. Must be tended. I have never been told how my brothers spent their last days after they stopped being seen. No one knew. And all these years, I have had to imagine to wonder whether they knew anything that was happening at all.
1: I've already said much of what I can remember. Well, perhaps
4: you can remember something more specific.
1: Yes, I'm sure I can. Edward was king, though uncrowned. Since being in the tower, he'd already been working as the king, signing charters and letters. The date had been set for the coronation. Edward had been measured for his robes, and I had my own special robes for the day.
5: So did I. We all did. Everything had been prepared
1: We did wonder at the time where no one from the family except Uncle Richard had come to see us.
5: I Tried he wouldn't allow it Whenever I asked you just kept saying soon.
1: That's what he said whenever I asked But there were the robes that meant we would see you all again Edward would be crowned and we would leave the tower The day of the coronation dawned. We got dressed. We waited. And no one came. I remember the sun moving around the room. Edward sitting there, all dressed up, ready to be crowned king. And he never said a word. Didn't have to. We both knew what it meant. not to
5: take us to a coronation.
4: You don't need to have been there to be able to tell us this. Anyone with a vivid imagination...
5: My Richard... had a birthmark.
1: to sing me to sleep. Do you remember? She is my sister. She has known me since the day I was born. She bathed me, sang to me. If she remembers a mark on my body, it's because she saw that mark when I was 10 years old or less. And if that does not content you, then I ask you, how would any one of you prove you are who you say you are?
2: The Queen of England herself, far from discrediting the prisoner's claim to the throne of England, had recognized him publicly as her brother, and therefore, one of the princes in the tower. Lady Margaret's plan was spiraling out of control.
5: I have sent for the king.
6: certainly knows everyone's weak spot. This pretender. You've trained him well. I haven't trained him at all. But he spent a long time with you and the Duchess, didn't he? He did, yes. Well, who do you think he is?
3: The nature of identity is not at all a simple matter. Who do you think
6: he is? Perhaps Master Thomas More knows.
3: Who's Master Thomas More?
6: Him. El Mudo. El Raton al Rincon.
3: Oh, the little mouse in the corner, huh? Yes. One of Henry's spies, don't you think? Yes, Henry is the most suspicious monarch in Europe. He has spies everywhere. But I rather think his spies are perhaps a little less obvious. What is the pretender's age? Mm-mm, 26, or uh, thereabouts.
6: The prospect of a match. Between this man of 26, and our 11-year-old virgin princess grows more desirable.
3: It grows more interesting, early. And uh, such an age difference is not uncommon even here in
6: England.
3: I've heard that Henry is on his way. so he must think he's in trouble
2: Europe was leaning towards the pretender but the bishop was right my Lord King Henry didn't need me to be his spy it was my duty simply to make a record according to his will by 1499 His Majesty had been plagued for over eight years by the pretender. During that long time, he'd not been idle in his own defense. He'd been gathering information from a web of sources across Europe, always looking for anything that might help him to discredit this Yorkist claim. And he knew that the situation had now reached a crisis.
5: think you must be the loneliest man in the world, whoever
8: you might
5: be.
1: No, no, I'm not lonely. I have the love of a beautiful woman.
5: as though I ought to be ashamed.
1: Well, I'd, I'd hate to make you feel ashamed.
2: the king too there was no going back now he was haunted by a dark prophecy from dr argentine my lord the alignment
4: of the planets is not favorable your life is in great danger all year the deep divisions within the kingdom have not yet
8: healed
2: York and Tudor were about to clash once more in mortal combat.
4: Your Majesty. What is it, Dr Argentine? If Your Majesty will permit, I think, a stool sample. Uh,
3: Of course, come along.
7: So it hasn't been going
4: well. I hesitate to say, Stephen. Say so you must. It isn't straightforward. There were unexpected developments. We have to deal with him once and for all, John. I know.
7: I have some new information.
2: The new information was a trail of gunpowder. Henry had every hope it would blow the pretender's claim wide open. But the king was intent on keeping the powder dry until the portents were exactly right. Diablo pulgas.
8: Excellent. All right.
6: It seems that His Majesty's stools dictate that the most auspicious time to begin his interview is just before midnight. Meantime, I must find some balm for my flea bites.
2: The royal princes, Arthur and Henry, were nursed and guarded day and night. They were the future of the dynasty, and as threatened by the pretender as the king himself.
7: This night last night.
5: No. I would say it had been many years since I slept as soundly.
7: I am surprised at you, Elizabeth. I thought I could count on your loyalty. I thought your son could count on his mother.
5: I surprised myself. Not for what I said or did yesterday, but for how long it has taken me. Elizabeth. You are the Queen of England. Yes, Henry. I am Queen.
7: How has this ridiculous pretender so affected you?
5: I married a pretender. Our alliance is based on pretense. How can you wonder that another pretender should hold some interest for me?
7: Oh. Uh. So. You have some interest.
5: He reminds me of my father. Your Majesty. Time to go, Henry.
4: It's an extraordinary and affecting story that you tell. The miracle of survival for one of those innocent children. What news that would be for every man, woman, and child in this country, tormented for 16 long years by the memory of what befell the princes in the tower. And you've told this story very convincingly. Most of the crowned heads of Europe seem to believe you. I congratulate you. I would like to tell a different story. You must forgive me if I lack your skill at embroidery. Picture the moment when little Prince Richard was taken from his mother. A man came, took him by the hand, and led him away. Now imagine another scene. A family home in the town of Tournai in Flanders. And who's in the Stadt Fontournik in Flandre. A little boy with his mother. A man comes, talks to the mother, takes the boy by the hand, and leads him away. The little boy from Tournai was called Perkin Warbeck. We have a portrait of his mother. She's a pretty woman. (sighs) I'm sure every mother would wish her son to say that of her. Especially when she hasn't seen him for many years and when he only writes to ask her for money. We have here a letter intercepted on its way from England to Flanders. Mother, as humbly as I can, I commend myself to you. And may it please you to know that by fortune, as part of their scheming, certain Englishmen made me take it upon myself that I was the son of King Edward of England, I now find myself in such trouble that if you are not at this hour a good mother to me I shall be in great danger and so on and so
1: on. I don't know who wrote that but it wasn't me.
4: We wanted to bring your mother over here. Indeed she was on her way eager no doubt to see her son so long away from home but alas she died on the way. That is unfortunate. Certain citizens of Tournai, who knew the boy well, swear that Perkin had a birthmark on his back. The mark that has convinced your supporters that you are Richard of York. You have no real proof of anything. No, since conveniently for you, Perkin's mother died on her way over here. I'm sorry for her family. Oh, I'm sure you are, especially for her husband. The boatman, Johann Warbeck. He told us about the birthmark and how his son disappeared just when you began your famous travels. Doesn't mean he's my father. No, not your real father. I heard that the Duchess of Burgundy embraced you not only as her nephew, but as her son. She adopted me as her son, yes. Oh, yes, but I heard also that you are indeed her son. Not by adoption, but by birth. And I find myself wondering who the father might be. Some people say that the bishop and the duchess have a secret. Some people say the secret they share is a child who, for the sake of discretion, was called Perkin Warbeck.
6: This is ridiculous!
4: Is it? this story gave way to the legend of the risen prince only later when the duchess decided to use her son in her sad and hopeless game this is outrageous it's calumny i can hardly believe what i'm hearing no i can believe it
1: i wouldn't expect anything more from a man who is paid to pander to the neurosis of a usurper
7: You call me a usurper, you, a boatman's son, or the bastard child of a bishop.
1: Listen, what are you, exactly? You're descended from the illegitimate offspring of the third son of Edward III. A bastard descendant of a bastard. How many were betrayed to clear your path? How can you look at your own children when you think of those two innocents who were murdered, or so you thought? and whose deaths were never avenged. That is why your reign is cursed. And that is why I call you a user. That is enough.
6: Tender is looking rather too convincing. Perhaps he was creating a diversion. I'm glad I have your support. You do, of course you do. Your predecessor had 35 illegitimate children. I wouldn't expect you or your Duchess to live up to that. I shall pretend I didn't hear. We're not in public now. All I ask is an affirmation or a denial
2: between friends. My dear friend, I have done nothing to be ashamed of. The astonishing suggestion that the Duchess of Burgundy and her corpulent confessor were the real parents of the pretender was never substantiated. But one thing now seemed clear. If this was a conspiracy, the Duchess was the one pulling the strings of her puppet prince. And the man who'd been so sure of his story no longer looked so convincing. so the man who would be king of all England was just the son of a common boatman, if the king's spies were to be believed. But boatman's son or not, telling Henry his reign was justly cursed, now that showed he knew his enemy's weakness.
5: Don't tell me that you too believe he is the lost prince.
4: I don't know.
7: But The truth is, he's right. The death of the princess was the murder of innocence. My reign is cursed by it.
5: You didn't wish for the death of the princess. through for so long. This is when the crucible blackens and all seems dark, all seems lost. The light is only light because the darkness has passed and it will not pass unless you go through it. Without that, nothing happens, nothing real, nothing enduring. This is your test. He is your test.
7: Let's just suppose that he is indeed your brother. What would you have me do?
5: I'd have you do what is right.
7: And what, in your view, is right?
5: Find the truth, Henry. And live or die by it. children? Sleep of
7: course. What happened to your brothers? It's
5: not going to happen to them. He would never harm my children.
7: Our children? Even if you are prepared to sacrifice their right to the throne, you must know that to be a good king, and to keep the peace that I have worked so hard for, he would have to destroy any threat to his security, regardless of who they were. You must choose. Your brother, that's who he is, or your sons. You can't save both.
5: You don't mention my husband. Neither have you. Part
7: of the arrangement between you and I, Henry. Never part of your arrangement, perhaps, Elizabeth. apologize for any lack of respect we may have shown to the ambassador of Burgundy and Bishop of Combré. <clears throat> and for any lack of respect we may have shown to Dr. Rodrigo González de Puebla. A random likeness some fancy clothes. Good hairdresser. Do you think that's all there is to being a king? Of Course not. Because if you do, you're a fool for all your cunning. Though you did manage to deceive the Irish. They followed your
4: fine
1: gold
7: robes.
4: The
1: Irish were not just following my robes.
7: They are not the most sophisticated people in the world. and no, they don't even speak English. They had to read your message in the rain and the
1: stars. You employ an astrologer yourself. Does that mean you're not sophisticated? It means I am more sophisticated in my use of astrology. And what about my memories? How could I know the things I've told you? You could have borrowed or invented those. Borrowed? From whom? From the Duchess of Burgundy. Hmm? She was King Edward's sister. Which is why it's so significant. She recognised me. But even she wouldn't know the secrets that uh, brothers and sisters share with each other. You remember too well and too much.
7: It's all too like a lesson you've learned. A performance and your performance is too perfect. And the whole of Europe is playing the same game with you. Anyone who has ever wanted to be
1: a thorn in my side has used you. They're not your friends. They're my enemies. James of Scotland is my true friend. He gave me his kinswoman in marriage. Yes. Mm. Mm. Lovely Catherine
7: Gordon. And do you think... That she would have married you if she'd had any choice. Hmm? Or if she knew who you really are. Perhaps you should ask her. Hmm. Well, perhaps I will. After I've dealt with you. And That shouldn't take long. There's no reason why I shouldn't hang you here and now. You are a fake. You're a puppet,
1: Perkin Warbeck. You're a nobody from Tournai. And you're a nobody from Wales, who's only on the throne because he won a battle and married my sister. <laughs> you never made a decision in your life without asking your mother's permission. If anyone's a puppet, I think you'll find it's you.
4: Go on, Henry, kill me. You can do that if you want to. But it won't be the end of it. I have a son. A son of York.
1: The people will flock to him when I'm gone.
2: Consequences of this revelation cannot be exaggerated. If there really was a son, the House of York would not end with the death of this prisoner. A complete imposter.
6: The son of a boatman. The pawn of a duchess. And yet he's turned the head of a queen. So who is he?
3: Do you think he knows who he is
6: himself? I'm not sure. Do you know who you are?
3: Sometimes I believe I do. But so much of knowing myself indeed is from
6: memories. If the past is a memory, then it partakes of a dream. If it is a dream, then it is just an illusion.
8: Who